1: Learn more at Marines.com.
2: So it's uh, all for play for still. I think so, do you want to bet against us?
1: Hello everybody and welcome to further Love of Pomegranate Podcast and tonight I'm joined by a Paddy, but not the regular Paddy that everybody is used to. Um, I'm joined tonight by the wonderful Pad- Paddy Silk from the Man United Agenda podcast. And uh, we were actually just chatting there off uh, offline a moment ago. And, and this is something that I want to do a bit more of as well as get other teams' perspectives and that healthy, that friendly rivalry chat uh, before games as well as and when it comes on. And as Paddy said there, it's good to get the perspectives from both sides. It's healthy and it's healthy to, to, to kind of understand, I suppose, football as opposed to having it a kind of a colloquial uh, uh rivalry or battle, regardless of who you're playing. But but, Paddy, thank you so much for popping on. I was delighted yeah. when you when you reached out. And uh yeah, I'm looking forward to getting to know a small bit more about Manchester United, other than I suppose what we see pushed down our throats on TV and 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 in any other type of type of arena that we look at. It. Absolutely, <laughs>
2: absolutely, yeah. Um Go ahead.
1: Go ahead, Neil. Ask the questions. No problem at all, Neil. Yeah, yeah well, look, as, as I say, I offline there a moment ago, we were just mentioning as well and we were saying that this is probably going to be a very much about United-driven podcast because I couldn't tell you what Ulay-Mari is going to do the weekend. We got our very first glimpse of him on the training field today. Um, he's so meant to check the time in his watch. That's what I found. And uh, Anybody, you guys in the comments there, did you notice that or was that just something I picked up? He's constantly looking at his watch, which I suppose... Maybe could be a drill sergeant mentality, whereby he's not going to let anybody get away with any uh, with anything. But uh, it looked promising. But from a Manchester United point of view, you guys obviously have a new manager at at the helm since the start of the season. Came in with great fanfare. You know, a darling of European football as well. In I suppose it hipster European football, you might even say, in Eric ten Hag, and um, kind of like a new Emery type, whereby his he's methodologies, his his uh his training, um ethos and stuff like that were very much uh, lauded, I suppose, throughout Europe. But talk to me about that transition, I suppose, that, that, that has come about with Eric Ten Hag. It has has it been playing, playing sailing or is it a case whereby he really has a job on his hands with Manchester United?
2: I think you're right. I think he has got a job on his hands at Manchester United. I mean, our first, first two games we got beat, obviously, mm. and that was a bit of an eye-opener for Ten Hag. And I, mean, I think that was an eye-opener for him the players that we have that really aren't good enough, um, in my view. And I think he had to change things around, definitely. I mean, we've got, those, we've got our, our defensive issues at the back with Maguire and, and whoever. They, to be fair, were woeful, woeful beyond woeful, not good enough for this club. So I think he he then went back on the training field again after the second game we lost. I knew we were going to get beat at Brentford. I remember Brentford, we got thrashed. I knew oh. we were going to have to go back to the drawing board, which he did do, and change things. And things have got better since then. There's players that he bought pre-season. Um, you know, Martinez, everyone had a go-go. Martinez and he's he's a hobbit. He's not going to be able to head the ball. Do you know what I mean? And he really has silenced the likes of Carragher and a few other um, managers out soonest included with with his with his, with his defensive... We've got the defence correct now. Obviously, Maguire's mm. back now, which worries me a little bit. Hopefully, he'll be... That ship sailed, tomorrow's my But he has got it. He's done really well, Ten Hag. He really has. You know, I'm really impressed with what he's done on the training field. He's got the players playing well into a system. There's an issue with Ronaldo's, you know. that has been yeah, um, but I think he's handling that very well. He just said, "No, you're not playing that day. I don't care if you can storm off the pitch." So he's got he's been ruthless, and I'm pre pleased. That he's been ruthless. He has to. This is a real. It's going to take time for him to stamp his authority on this team, and he's, he's seen he's doing it. But I think it's going to be a, l- a lot more to do, mate. A lot more to do. Um, mm. So we'll see what happens we'll see what happens. I'm looking uh, forward I'm looking forward to Ten Hag being
1: there. yeah and, and, and I think you should and I think a lot of people are looking forward to seeing if uh like specifically I suppose people maybe even outside the Premier League to see if he can do it if he can come in there and finally be the person who puts stops the rot.
2: Yeah. Sorry lads I don't know what's going on <laughs> well there you go I think um, I live down the road from Body Heath I think Astaber are a good side all my mates a bit of fans and that's the reason why I'm on the show so it's interesting. I love the, I love these games for Man United Villa, by the way. I really do, all the way back to the seventies, late seventies. So uh, this is a big game for me personally. Uh For sure, my mates being Villa fans. There you go. I mean,
1: Neil, sure literally, literally my my whole screen kind of turned this kind of orange and green color, and then it just re- my whole computer restarted. Anyway, well, let's, long let's story back. Back.
2: but no, all good, all good. I was just talking, speaking to the lads on the thing, so. Fair play to talking to, to all the Villa fans on here about that how, good, how important this game is to me personally as well. So
1: excellent, excellent, excellent. Um, what I was trying to say there before technology rudely interrupted me um, <laughs> was that it's been a kind of a ten-year. How how will I put it? The, the club have had the handbrake on. I think Man United. I think it's fair to say, and they've had the handbrake on for about ten years. Uh, I'd say at this stage, you know, so obviously since Sir Alex has left. It's just been fits and starts and fits and starts and fits and starts. And and I was saying there that the I, I, I think the footballing fraternity in Europe is kind of looking to see if Eric Ten Hag can 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 turn this around. And and, and as you as you said there, the early signs are the early signs are are, are that it might be happening. But what I was most intrigued about was He that you said that he's being ruthless. That he's rooting out people. You know he brought in Lisandro Martinez uh, types of players and 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 is playing him at centre half. You know the Harry Maguire's are getting less game time, although he is back at the moment. And and you mentioned obviously about Ronaldo and so on. But do you like? Do you think he's even he's even halfway through that job of weeding out those players? And how many players do you think Manchester United would would realistically need to need to? need to, I'm not even going to say turnover, but like how many kind of bad eggs do you think might be inside there that need to go for this dressing room to become a small bit more more coherent?
2: Well, my view on it, and it upsets some of my colleagues at the agenda, possibly a lot of the United fans out there, is that we need a new left back. I know we've got Malisey, he's has mm-hmm. got to come on. Right yeah. back, Malak's been offered a new contract today. I'm sorry he's not good enough for the club and Norris mm-hmm. Shaw. Maguire, no, that's ship sale; That's going to go as we, That's gone as well. The midfield seems to be sorted at the moment. I still love to see midfielder come in there maybe with de Jong, if he decides to leave a striker definitely everyone's getting carried away with Ratchford and his form at the moment. Yeah I mean, we need someone clinical clinical up there and they say saying Martial's going to come in he'll he'll save the day ten Hag uh, rates him I don't rate him I think he's been in that club too long and he hasn't it's not going to get any better. Um so in my view he's been in that club what 15 years now and I'm taking the piss now Neil but what I'm <laughs> saying this fella's been at this, this club now uh, for too long, and nothing has happened. I mean, he was injured the last few games, which is fair enough. But so we need, we do need some more surgery in this team to get us where we are. We're in the UEFA, uh, Europa League at the moment, but that Europa League is going to change soon. But those clubs yeah. who are going to get out and getting beat in the Champions League are going to come down. We might get Barcelona if we don't beat Real Sociedad tomorrow by two clear goals. We're we'll yeah. in teams, and that's a test for us. So yeah, we, we've got some surgery to do in this team, and I'm hoping. Ten Hag will be given the support, and, the, and, the, and he will do because if you want to get this club back up to where it was before, which will take a long time. I know had, the Man City have set the bar up, and they and, and the um, you know, Arsenal are doing very well at the moment. But I think mm. the, city and the city bar, we're nowhere near that yet, to be fair at all. But you know, they're our noisy neighbors, but and they're a great team, and they have a great manager. So let's see what happens. But we are we're getting there, but we do, he needs to be ruthless with his players. I mean, Ronaldo, I don't know whether he should have come back to be fair, but he has saved us. And the, by the mm. way, the key, Davis these games, but Ronaldo, I think maybe that we need to be in transition and maybe move on without him.
1: And and do you think do you think I suppose there's a short sightedness from the people at the top of the club? Uh, like it's often been thrown at it was thrown at with uh, Ed Woodward as well. And even I, I couldn't even tell you who's there who's running the show at the moment. Um But do, is is that short sightedness in search of uh, the big payday at the end of the year uh, over? Um, footballing trophies and over maybe footballing success is that still something that really is thrown around at Manchester United, or do you genuinely believe that people are, are trying to make the club a better club on the footballing side of things, or is it still very much the bottom line? I suppose the question I'm asking is, has it ever really been just about a bottom line club in the last 10, 10 years, or is that just a narrative that's been thrown around there? Because God knows I'm a hater of a lot of these, a lot of narratives that football clubs just just tend to pick up because of laziness. So talk to me a small bit about that. What is the story with the accountants running the 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 club situation that the the people well, talk about?
2: Well it's just in Ed Woodward. I saw the termination of his thing today and is and obviously we've got the the new chief exec who's his pal. Um mm. not very nice person to be fair but you know from what I understand but he's running these are people the business people they're not footballing people like David Gill we had before with Sir Alex Ferguson who really worked well with the manager and got these players in. So it was a turnaround, but just stupidity. I mean, look, Edward Wood wanted to get the Super He was part of the Super League thing, which mm. went massively wrong. And also, as well, he get Phil Jones a 50-year contract. Right, I'm taking the mick again, Neil. <laughs> you know, he, he, you know. I mean, what the hell were give giving Phil Jones a, a contract for that long? Woodward did it, apparently, around the mic. So he got involved in stupidity, a lot of incompetence at the top. Yeah. Glazers, the owners, who don't really care, do they? Let's be honest with you, they don't care. These installed stooges at the, in this club and we've really have gone backwards they have spent money though and you're right and there's a it'll be thrown back in my it'll be thrown back in my face now Well, you know if I, he did get the money the previous managers we had Jose Jose Mourinho before that Louis van Gaal Please, you man. know Solskjaer mistake with that shadow of that in my view i know yeah. he's the darling in the club he's the hero in 99 but he um, unfortunately was not didn't cut it you know, I went to see Man United Man City when Solskjaer was on the sideline with Pep Guardiola and Pep Guardiola was was, was getting the orchestra and getting those players, so it was terrible to see. But yeah, it seems we get, but I still people still, incompetence is still there at the club until the ownership changes and the hierarchy changes. We're going to get no better, but we, thank God, goodness, we've got this manager in who's going to take hmm. no mess with it, with hopefully with the hierarchy as well. And it's going to give them the time to and spend money as well because we need some, we need to get some good. Players to get where we need to, you know, and win trophies because you know, if you don't win trophies, that's the that's the that's the measure of success at Man United and Aston Villa as well and other clubs. You know, you put a lot of you know yeah. your your owners have paid a lot of money into this but They want trophies. They want to see some success. Mm-hmm. It might take a bit long with us, though. I think, uh, but we'll see what happens. We're, we're up there in, in the league, but let's see what happens. It can all change, win or lose. You know, some games you're up, you're down at the moment, uh, mm-hmm. but we'll, you know. We've got to get some, we've got to, the, the squad depth's got to be better of quality. That's the problem. So, yeah, going back to um, United, there's issues at both, definitely, and these people in my view need to be moved on. We've got the 58, uh, 1958 um, um, protest. It's going really well, and, and, and you know, the, the ins and outs of that protest mm. group, chief exec met with them um, earlier before the, a few, tw- at the start of the season, and he said, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, and well, we still we want them out. We want them out. We want to change. We want to change. As well yeah. as some great owners now We're doing some great, great support for the club even around the ground as well. So we want we want better times. So unfortunately, Neil, that there's problems there at the top definitely
1: Uh, what kind of a structure I suppose w- is there for Ten Hag? Because, like, I'm going to be honest, uh, it's I've kind of. <laughs> I don't want to say the word uh, like I follow. I, I love following football. I love understanding other clubs. I love understanding clubs like like likes of Frankfurt that are out there at the moment. And, you know, a lot of these call them the, the flavors of the month clubs, the clubs that are going to have limited success. are going to have some success, but immediately will never be able to break into the top four or top six uh, of their of their uh, their leagues for long term. And I think the reason for that is because, look, I think that's where Aston Villa are at the moment. We're looking for our one big day of success and hoping we can build on from there. As you said, we do have fantastic owners at the moment. And we're in a, a, very, un, a very enviable position, should I say, that we've got like the fifth richest owners, I think, in world football. Or- yes sixth or something like that so so the potential is there for a second city club with a massive fan base a massive dormant fan base a massive fan base around the world obviously i'm here in ireland and and like all you have to do is look up the guys in 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 the united states so my reasoning for for going through that whole piece about wanting to understand football is i've given up trying to understand what manchester united are doing but what have they done with ten hag to give him control like one of the biggest things is there's there's always this sense of managers having players forced upon them um, within Manchester United. Number one question for that is, is that true? Or is that something I've just made up? And second of all, do you think that Ten Hag has finished kind of moulding his, his support structure within Manchester United at the moment? Um, and and will, will they ever bring in that director of football that they've wanted to bring in for the last 10 years?
2: That's a good question, Neil to Fair. I think he's brought his own people in over from Ajax and um I think he's he's been given that support to do that. Director football hasn't happened. Um uh, he's been, yeah, been very quiet actually at the at the top end. It's all about Ten Hag, and it's all been thrust upon him and all his. I mean, he's got the man with the brolly. the you remember the ramp for the brolly? he's he's still yeah. there. But he's yeah. helping Ten Hag because I think they were powers at, at um twenty, I think of twenty, yeah. FC20, yeah, yeah. So he's been supporting, so that's been good. Um but um, yeah, I think yeah, I think he's, he's, he's been given the support, and I think. But you know, what was the other question you said? Sorry, Neil. Yeah.
1: Uh, the, the other question was uh, was the director of football, I suppose. Like, yeah. do, is are they any closer? Like, Van der Sar seems to be playing yeah. like he seems to be flirting and then pulling away and flirting and pulling mm. away. And and I think they probably would have gone for somebody like Overmars if he didn't. If, if uh, Van der Sar, but obviously Overmars has had his troubles as well with misconduct and stuff. So you know, they, they seem to be really, like, it's it's a five or six year process that they've seemed to try to take to try and get the right person, whereas Chelsea just literally flood their their front office at the moment with all these great talent evaluators and and, and it just seems to me that it's strange that Manchester United can't seem to agree on who they want. Well,
2: I like Van der Saati, obviously he's a, 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 one of our best goal, goalkeepers um mm. we've had and he's done, he's done his time at Ajax, he's, he's, he's studied and he's done well, I think he's I think in the background that may happen, but I suspect possibly after. I mean, I you know we I thought weeks ago we might get we might get a new owner, uh, but it looks like the Glazers aren't going to sell. They're going to keep taking, they're going to keep taking money from this club and, and, and get worse. But at some point, if it does happen, maybe director of football, and a new hierarchy will come in at the moment. But the minute we're treading water with this this lot at the yeah. moment. As long as Ten Hag gets success, great. And obviously, the Champions League is the holy grail for all the big clubs. That's where the money is. Um, that's where we're going to be heading possibly, but there's some good teams in there. You know, there's some good teams up there now, so it's a bit of a fight. But yeah, I'd like to see. A direct, I'd love to see Van der Sar there because he knows the club, he knows the ins ins and outs. He was there before, mm. but it's still, it's it's still, you know, it's still being not run. We've probably got uh, you know some ex players there. I was really critical of ex players being in those, but you know, pick, you know, in director of football and. Direct, no, they haven't got the experience, no way, you know, and that did, just didn't work. So I think Ten Hag's got a, a real hold on things at the moment, because if he doesn't, he'll walk, that's it. Yeah. I think he's probably going, you know what, I don't need this job, but, you know, I'm, I'm quite well, t- he's quite a rich fella. bless him, he can go back to Ajax with, the, with, the open, with open arms or anywhere in Dutch football at all, but Yeah. he's got, a, so he's, he really is, I think he doesn't take any messing, and also, yeah, in my view, anyway.
1: I don't think so. either I, I I think he looks like a fellow who can grit his teeth and, and make it make a tough decision. and And as I say, he he'd have no problem blowing things up because he's got a lot of credit in the bank, as I say, in European football. Uh, based on what he did at Ajax, and there'll be a lot of clubs uh, that would take a chance on him, not even a chance on him. There a lot of a lot of clubs would be would be looking for him probably to fail at Man United to give them the structure that he needs. If that's if Man United don't want to fully commit to him, but we've obviously got a manager of our own, as I said, Unai Emery is coming here, and and for the for for Um, For us, today was the first time, as I say, we saw him on on the football field. He's brought in a whole new backroom team. There's obviously been a couple, one or two stayovers there. Aston McPhee has stayed around. Please don't write in the comments what your feelings are on Aston McPhee. It's fine. We've heard them before, I'm sure. But you see, it's just interesting that I see him there on the training field today. And he seems to be pretty heavily involved in, in some of the training. But... What I'm getting at here is I don't think that Aston Villa are finished with the and the reason I asked the director of football question was a loaded question because I don't think Aston Villa are probably finished with their hierarchical changes that they will make over the course of the season as well. But I suppose, like from your view, Unai Emery, he's no mug. He's no. He's no. Um. You know. He's no. He's no. Uh. That it's not—he's not somebody that Aston Villa are quote unquote taking a chance on. I suppose there's big expectations for him, and and I I think the question I want to ask you with this is: being a non-Villa supporter, what was your like like what's your view on it? Because I remember when he was rumored to be to be going to going to Villa and the likes a like likes a Tuchel. There was a lot of other non-Villa fans and, and and a lot of Villa fans as well saying not a hope. Why would he take over team 17th, 16th in the Premier League? But what was your view on that? What's your view on Emery as a manager himself? And be honest, well, you don't have to make friends here. No, no, not at all. Look,
2: I live down the road from Baltimore. Just down the road here. Yeah,
1: you were saying, yeah. Far from here, so, and I got
2: a lot of friends at the um, who are Aston Villa fans, and loads and loads of them. So we know all the lads, and then we chat about who's going to have the manager's position. But Pochettino, I felt, doesn't know how to win. In my regards, Emery does. He's a winner, and his record stands like there's no tomorrow for Royale You know, look at his, uh, look at his um, record. Um, but when I, when I saw Tuchel, I thought, mm, that's interesting, that he would be something else for Villa, possibly. Mm-hmm. Whether I think he, he would have come, possibly. I don't know what, what, what's gone on there, uh, whether he was approached or not. But I thought Tuchel would be fantastic for Aston Villa. I was really worried then with, about you getting in. I think he would be great for Aston Villa, especially playing us. But Emery is here. Um, I I'm, I'm, no, I'm, I want other Villa fans and yourself to tell me, does he speak, is his English Better now? Does he not need an interpreter? I think he's better now.
1: Seems to be. Yeah, yeah. we haven't had an interview. You know, there's always going to be those things because, you know, the the caricatures of him and how he spoke when he was at Arsenal. And I I had Graham Hunter on the podcast and Graham Hunter said to me both before, on and after the podcast, he said that it's something that kind of really irked him the the media coverage of the of, of his uh of of his, his page in English, if you wanna call it. I don't know if that's an acceptable yeah. term to use. If it's not, I do, I apologize to anybody offended. But um they they, they, they it irked him because the man speaks five different languages and uh, he can communicate in all those different languages. And yes, it's not going to be perfect, but uh, I think the moral of the story here is, and and what Graham Hunter said was that he has been working on his English, that it's always been a goal of his to get back to English football, that he had actually said yes to Newcastle United, went back to Villarreal and found the, the ire of the owners at Villarreal and then basically chicken, well, not chickened out, but basically decided that he would, would stay the course with Villarreal until the end of the season um and and thank you very much for that, Mister Emery, because now you've ended up at Aston Villa. So to answer your question, I think it's always been a goal of his to come back to England. He thinks he's got unfinished work here. Um, I think he was fairly un, he was fairly unfairly treated, should I say, at Arsenal. Um, prior to last season, I think it was prior to last season. It was they were it was their best finish in the Premier League since Arsene Wenger has um ha- has departed. Uh, so yeah, hopefully, hopefully the it's in the tea leaves for him to come and do that and have one of our best uh, ever Premier League seasons this season as well albeit he has his work cut out stacking at the weekend and talking about the weekend as well Paddy um you're gonna be missing somebody who just absolutely loves to play against Aston Villa, but I'm I, I, I hope you don't mind me saying he oh. usually does something that really gets the crowd absolutely worked up for weeks afterwards, and that's Bruno Fernandez. Whether it be the, the penalty he won when he's when he stood on Ezri Kanza, or whether it be the goals he scored against us or or whatever it is, he's always like whenever yeah. Never. Bruno Fernandes comes away from playing against Aston Villa. I can guarantee you, on every single Villa side, he's public enemy number one. But he's going to be missing this weekend. But my question for you is: Has he really been missing all this year? He doesn't seem to have clicked into full into full speed like he has in previous years. Or is it just he's not getting the goals output that he has? You're right. He's not been
2: the same player, to be fair, since last season. But he's given, they've been given the captain's armband, and I'm going to be quite mm. quite critical. I'm, a, I'm, I'm really i am a I'm quite harsh. I don't think he's a, bit, a, a. I don't think he's a Man United captain either. There's not anybody in that team as a leader. But you're right. He hasn't been the same player. And when he's a lot, few of the fans, have been quite critical of him when he gets kicked and goes, down. Look, you try and kick Roy Keane or any other players from the past. Kick down, They get up and they get on with it." He's been clutching his leg, clutching his ankle, moaning at the referee. I mean, I, I remember one game. I had to shout at Fernando. I've never really shouted at United, but but he was having following the referee for twenty minutes, moaning about a decision. I thought, get on, get on with your game. Just get mm. on with your game. So he does. He he has played well, but I did see that he got the booking, and he was that was. And I thought, oh no, because we're going to miss him against mm. him. um That was a real worry. But he, like you say, he hasn't. He's been doing well. I mean, I watched saw the Arsenal Liverpool game at Old Trafford. They put some great balls through for for Ratchford to score those goals at Arsenal. I remember, so he has got that. He's got that bit of magic. He's a luxury player on our side. He is you know yeah. but, you know casemiro for me is the business at the moment he's the he's, yeah. the, he's the 60 million dollar diamond he's doing everything for us so but yeah it's, it's going to be with with fernandes that's going to be a blow for us that might give you may give you the edge i don't know we, we can't really i don't know it's a difficult one for me when i saw fernandes i thought oh no the Fernandez fernandes is that's going to be a big blow
1: uh, will it, will it just be a straight swap? Do you think he'll move Ericsson into that tenth position and maybe and then you'll have Casemiro and maybe McTominay um or Fred or whoever he put, he's gonna play in there alongside him? Because obviously the Casemiro has been he's been eased into his Manchester United career so far, albeit that he's played very, very well in any of the games he's played. But does that mean that Ericsson will uh, We'll we'll just probably slot into that role and try and pull the strings behind because he's not a bad replacement if God. we can get him firing up there.
2: He's, he's fantastic, Ericsson. I've been so impressed with him since he's come in. He really has. He can see his quality. I mean, I saw him at Spurs. You know, I don't know why we took so long to sign this player. He should have come to us for a long while. We were missing a player of that type for a long time, and and we should have got him. And he's been brilliant this year. I thought he'd be a bit part because of his age, and he, you know, obviously he's had his problems, bless him, in his heart and everything else. He really mm-hmm. has taken off in this team, and and with Fernandez, so he, hopefully he'll slot in there definitely. But ericsson has been—you can see his quality on the ball. He strokes it about. He, he put the—he was given all the time in the world by the lovely West Ham defence last last week mm. to, for Ratchford to get the header in. Um, so he, he, he seems to stroke the ball around. You know, a quality players. Not many of those midfielders around you? Fair. Yeah. Um, that quality. Um, I think City have got one or two, haven't they, and and other teams, but. They are diamonds in the rough. Some of these, um, uh, these players like Eriksson, yeah,
1: definitely. I think so, and I think probably look, Eriksson was very helter skelter when he was with Spurs. He was a really good player. Like, don't get me wrong, but what he learned is uh, when he went to Italy and he was playing with Inter Milan. He kind of learned how to slow his play down but keep the quality high and if you're going to have longevity within the game and look I'm not saying anything to do with his heart or anything like that but I think you know a lot of players leave it very late to go to Italy because they go oh it's, it's a slower pace of game and I'll go there but there's a lot of merit in what Christian Eriksen did and going there a small bit earlier in his career he's learned how to probably prolong himself into the future you know a lot of people raise their eyebrows at him oh why is he playing him in a 6 position when he's a natural 10 well everybody is you just got to think back to Andre Perlo He wasn't always that mercurial number six that could play with a glass of wine in his hand. He had to learn that because he was very much a forward-based player in a ten position, specifically at Inter when he first started off. And it was only really when he came back and he started playing in a more languid, uh, easier style with the likes with with, uh, with AC Milan in his later years that he became that really beautifully like cultured mm-hmm. number six. And I'm not saying that for that that, uh, that Ericsson Went there to become that player, but when you learn when you learn how to slow the game down for you, that's when things start to get fun. I would imagine as a footballer. God bless me, I never had that kind of that kind of ability. But could you imagine if the game was just had slowed down for all around you and you were able to do what you want? And sometimes Italian football, the pace of it can lend you lend lend that to 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 an older player and to a player with with an obvious skill set. Now you you can't just go there and learn it if you're a donkey. You know, you have to have this certain skill set, but um, you're encouraged to get your head up a small bit more in Italian football, and and it's one of the things that that whenever I'm I, I'm I'm one of these people that just watches football, football, football as much as I possibly can, and um, for my sins, and and, and it's one of the things that I think is very underrated how midfielders can grow and and the culture of Italian midfielder that it's, sometimes it's kind of poo-pooed now because they don't run at a million miles an hour around the field. And, some players don't need to do that. Um, at the weekend as well, you you mentioned a, a, an interesting one there. There's a, You mentioned about your left-back position. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned Luke Shaw not being good enough. But speaking about your, your, your right-back position, and, and somebody, to be honest with you, that you know, another person that, that, if I'm not mistaken, has gone to I- Italian football and has come back and looks a different player and Diego Dallot at, at that side. I didn't really rate him. Uh, and, and if I'm not mistaken, did he go to was it Milan he went to? Yeah. He um, went to yeah and then he came back and he seems to be playing some really good football at the moment. Um talk to me a small bit about him because like I would he's he's a guy I would have written off. I, I don't rate Alex Tellez on the other side at all. I could be wrong on that, but I just no, you're don't you're I think he's he's not made for this league whatsoever. No. But that's someone who's 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 really surprised me. And and like at the weekend I thought he was really, really good in that game. But what's the feeling about my what's the feelings of Man United fans towards him?
2: Well, you know, there's. I've listened to a podcast earlier about our agenda with um, with some of the lads were on tonight talking about Delot saying because he's got got the new contract's been triggered. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they like him. His application's been good since he came out from Milan. With you know, he was given a he was given a, a, a you know given a start last season before Ten Hag by the by the interim manager um, gave him a start. I personally don't like the player. I just don't think he's the quality of the player. And the stick I get with Delot playing so well at the moment. You wouldn't believe. I'm like the doubting Thomas. I'm telling you, and 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 I, I, I they do that that what are you on about. Don't don't. He's been playing really well. He has been playing exceptionally well. He has been playing well. He's been right for me. I just don't think. I think I always want better in my team as mm. a back. Same with the left back position. Sure, for me, he's gone. he had been one red card. He's your P45 gone, mate. I know he's played well, and so you've been playing really well, Sure, He has, but for me, it's just. You know, I think he's been too. He's been in McDonald's for too long, in my eyes. You know, eating Big Macs and stuff like that. So <laughs> he he has got to go. And I like Malisea coming in, but Luke but again. Dallot has been playing well. Yes, but put him against someone good, mate. Look, look my dad, I saw him play last season. Um, and I thought Dallot, nowhere right back. And I've got a Palamine, MuFC, old school. We go to the games together. Dallot for me is never a right back. Never a, not for the standard Man United. When I look at previous players, I know. People have a go about the history? You've got Aston; has got a great history um, of the players, and I know them all I've seen them all. Um, but at Man United, I want the standard, the quality's got to be better than Dala. People go, no. "Oh my, Dala's playing well." That is my view, and Neil, and it's quite harsh. I just see out the box with with Dalla. He might let's see what happens. Would so many get? Well, how many games were in? not for so many games that he's been given this new contract? Luke, oh, wait, Luke Shaw had a great game last week. It's all done on the spur of the moment. Give him see what happens to the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Why we're we doing this? Why we're we doing this? Oh, yeah, eight, eight, five games in. We need to give him a bigger contract. We need. He could be Barcelona bound next week. We don't want to. Stop bound. Are you really? <laughs> are, you, are you off your head? You know. Yeah. You know. Oh, yeah. Well, we have to do. Yeah. And, and <laughs> army, uh, absolutely madness, Neil. Um, so I'm a, I'm a doubting Tom. I, no, not for. You know, I, I, have, have most of these players out of this club, and even though they've been playing well. <laughs>
1: Well, I think, you know, the reason I'm laughing so much at that is because I have, I'm very much so in the same piece, like all the way through last season. And I think I was probably vindicated for my view last season on Ashley Young playing at left back or right back in the Premier League. But this season, he's blown me out of the water. He's been absolutely fantastic for us. But when you mentioned about previous full uh, previous, uh, fullbacks for Manchester United, I still think the man that's able to clone Dennis Irwin, even 20 years on after he retired, will be the richest agent in football. Because you just don't make fullbacks like Dennis Irwin, ever. And if you can clone him and sell him to a couple of clubs, you'll just it'll be a license to print money. And that is me with my Ireland glasses on, for Same sure. Here. You know, like I'm
2: comfortable I'm <laughs> national, but my parents Irish, like Ireland, yeah. much to me. Um, definitely, uh, Dennis Sheridan was was a was a, a darling for a, a very consistent. Jack Charlton used to call him the most consistent left back yeah. in the Ireland squad for years, and he told Fergie that for you know before every World Cup. So, oh yeah, absolutely hundred. And that's where I think I like the, the quality. But look, I'll get stick about it massively mass from the fans, <laughs> massively from you know you know you must be mad, you're, you're a lunatic probably. But I'll yeah. say, but Dal up for me and Luke Short, No get. Off, on your bike even though he's playing well I bring in another right back I bring in another left back as well possibly with Malisea coming in he's got to get his place I know he's mm. young but these players have got to try and get their place but let's see what happens with that I'm I'm, I'm, I'm dead certain on that sorry Neil I am
1: No, I, I, and look as I say it's it, these are the things and this is why it's good to talk to opposing fans and stuff because you know, the, the news cycle carries people along most of the time and a lot of people will get their opinion on clubs. I, I certainly am getting my my opinion on Manchester United at the moment, um, which is... Um, and I'm getting it from the news cycle, uh, which is dangerous because literally, if I if I just opened my door there and wrote, anyone a United fan, I'd have a chorus of, yeah, yes and yes and everything coming back at me here because everyone in, in Ireland, out of sports, Liverpool are United. Yeah. Um, but uh, but I suppose... That, Another question for you, and we touched on it earlier about Ronaldo. Is do you think he starts Ronaldo in this game? You know, do you th- do you think he plays him? I think he probably plays Rashford, but th- does he try and fit the two of them into the team in some way, shape, or form?
2: No, he won't. Again, he's going to be ruthless about it. He'll play. He'll play Ronaldo in the in the Champions. He probably play in the Europa League at Rod Salceda, but then he will play Rashford in the in the league games. I think that's what he's doing. I think that's what he's doing. Uh, unless there's injuries, then definitely Ronaldo comes in. Um, but that's what he's doing with Cristiano Ronaldo. He doesn't like it. I could tell you that now. He doesn't like it. You yeah. tell he doesn't like it. He wants to play. He wants to play football. And you saw the the, the rabbit between Roy Keane and Gary Neville a weekend ago, which was yep. great television for everybody, lads. Great box office. And Roy doesn't 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 you know just, love him doesn't to know be a bit, back. He does. He doesn't. He just gives it how it is. So the Ronaldo he wants to play. He went but but ten odds go, you'll play when I tell you. You'll play music mm-hmm. whatever. If you don't like it on your bike, you know. Building yep. I think he won't. I think Ratchford will play, but again, I've got crit- I'm critical of Ratchford. I don't think he's very clinical. I talk about your players up front. I don't think any of them are clinical either.
1: Yeah.
2: You need, and they're very hard to get. But you've got to get more clinical. Ratchford. He scored two. He scored last. He scored a great goal last week and the week before. Um, he has he's got great headers, but again, lads, he's got to get clinical. You got to, how many? Sh- how many? How many chances? Why are we hanging on to games against West Ham? We've got a great goalkeeper who's saving us massively at the moment. Without mm. him getting beat. Yeah. A season ago, two seasons ago, without De Gea, we're getting beat. You
1: know? And that's uh, and you know, some sometimes we have that situation as well with our goalkeeper. Uh, mm. Definitely, two seasons ago, he blocked marbles and so on. And um, so, uh, we, you know, it's it, it is important to have a good goalkeeper, but also a good goal, goalkeeper can only take you so far as well. Um, yeah. question from the crowd here uh, asking, um, you know, obviously it's a, it might be a sore subject for you, but that manic you're Euro, Europa League. Final with the 22 man penalty kick shootout and so on. VRL obviously beat, um, it was Una Emery's Villarreal, beat beat Manchester United that day. Um, do you remember the game? What's your, what's your, what, what was, do you have any overarching memories of the game or any feelings mm-hmm. towards? Because, uh, as I say, it was really like I say it the whole time, that was as motley a crew assembled by any, any team that I'm talking about the VRL team to go out and win the European trophy that I can remember in years and years and years. And it probably, you know, I I, I might even get stick for this, but it probably harkens back to the time Aston Villa won it in 82 because, you know, they were a band of men that were good players that were thrown together and they used hardly anybody over the course of the season. That Real team were thrown together and they had a good manager who was able to get the best out of them. But what's your overarching or your, your abiding memory of that game or do you have any memory of the game? Because it just would be interesting to tie everything together with Unai Emery and all that. Yeah, I, I've got a, a big
2: distant memory about that game, but again, I was very <laughs> anti Oliver Solskjaer as a manager. Yeah. Time. And yeah, it was great to get to the final. We got we went through some some up and down games we did. But Emery again, isn't he? He was brilliant with Villarreal. He knew that team, he knew the players. Mm-hmm. To be fair, Solskjaer bottled it some of the decisions. He didn't tactically he was inept. And that's what happened. And Emery had that awareness tactically in that game to do to, to know what to do in that game, who to. And, but, but Solskjaer didn't, and, he, and that's what—that's ha- the difference in these games, isn't it? It's, it's very small, isn't it? The, 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 the mm. measure is of how good a manager is making the decisions, especially. And, and Solskjaer, unfortunately, know, he came he came a bit very, a second, really, to Emery. who was it was very good in that game at uh, his tactics, and that's what Emery's got, and, and got a brilliant. Re- I know he's put together Villar, but they've done they've done really so well, Villarreal. and he's done a great job with them. He really has, Emery, he mm. really. Has. Really, really, Yeah, that game was again wasn't a trophy again. That was a failure. We failed. We didn't get a trophy. That was it.
1: Yeah, there's a there's a statistic. Actually, I, I just happened to look it up there because I couldn't remember. um I couldn't remember uh, the, the VRL line up there and I was just checking it up. But there's a statistic going around that Una Emery has never lost to Manchester United. Don't am am I too. am I taking crazy pills here? Or did they not lose? Did VRL not lose to Man United twice in the, in the group stages of the Champions League last season? So I'm I'm looking at Man United beat VRL two nil on the 21st uh, 23rd of November last year, and I'm looking at it. and They beat them two one on the 29th of September. So in right, um,
2: that stat, to fair, yeah. but is
1: that
2: correct? That mean that's good? well, yeah, that's interesting. It's not, it's
1: it's not, well, it doesn't look like it's correct to me unless, unless the statistic is that he's never lost in a final to Manchester. United. He lost twice last year. Um. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. It's a, it's an interesting one. Um. But I I just thought I'd bring that up Um. Yeah. since, since, uh, since I just saw it there. Paddy, listen, I'm, I'm not going to take up too much more of your afternoon, but I do have one more, uh, or your night, I suppose, at this stage. It's 11 minutes past 10. Um genuine hand on heart what's your feeling for the weekend do you think that uh Manchester United come to Villa Park and get an easy win or do you think they come and they come away with a win or how do you think Aston Villa would fare against Manchester United at the weekend
2: well you know you are doing want to do caretaker manager but unfortunately you played Newcastle and you got well and truly hammered and
1: yeah you've
2: got you got a, I mean you got look you got a defense that's struggling there and Mings is a waste mm. of space in my view I don't know why he's still in the club and, and and also, he's a bit worse. He's not worse. Today. He's probably worse. Well, around par with each other, in Maguire. But I think there could be a new manager bounce. I don't want to say that, you know. But I think Ten Hag has come there, and I think we've got some good I mean, Anthony for me. is one of the players for me. I hope he turns it on Sunday. He's, he's exciting me. Um, so I think that possibly we'll win on on Sunday. But but again, the new manager bounce worries me a little bit, tiny bit. That's creeping into me. The new manager bounce. But remember, memories are going to get. These players going to go. New manager, we guess we got not pick it up here. Same as they did with the caretaker man, but they didn't do it with with Gerard. So mm. I don't know what happened. Depends on how how it all how, it, how they all set up. Um, but if we get some of our if we get some of our players back. Anthony is Anthony, special. I think he's he's been the difference for me. He really has. Um, mm. We'll see, but I think we'll win. I do. But the new management bounce is edging me in the ear with Emery, like you say. I'll have to look at that stat after. If that's the case, is a concern.
1: yeah Yeah. Um. Well, I I, I think that, that Emery would come in with frustrate Manchester United. Or, sorry, I think he'd come in and he'd just try and get us really dogged. I wouldn't be surprised if we have 20-30% possession in this game, and I think he'll play it like he did, maybe in that that uh, Europa League final, or maybe even like he played against Juventus last year. Um, I think you're going to get Pelters in the comments about saying, but Tyrone Mings is a waste of space, by the way, as well, mm-hmm. because I can see people say, Gasp, oh my God, what's he have to say? I think um, yeah. the shock of that comment is, go- is going to reverberate around the comments Wretched. and this but look mm. each each to their own everybody's entitled to their opinion Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> it, well, i don't to the words bad.
2: neil that's all i'd say how it is and that Absolutely. is it so with apparent. Club, and with, and with <laughs> other clubs as well if i see someone like i've been watching football as long as i have neil mm. i've seen what's good and what's bad and i'm sorry that's 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 bad
1: yeah, uh, as I say, yeah, I, I'm, I'm just I'm gonna just finish up the podcast because I can't. My comments are gonna start going mad in a minute. No, I'm only joking, <laughs> Patty. Listen, thank you so much for coming on and being so honest about your own club and about 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 everything in general. It's nice. It's uh, it's good to get the opposition's view. Um, may not agree with all of it, but as I say, ninety percent of it I do agree with, it. and it's great to get that that uh, that viewpoint um, from our uh, about our club and also about your own club as well. So I really appreciate that. I'm looking forward to going on your podcast as well on Friday, half I'm past eight, isn't it? Fri- on Friday, I'm the Man United yeah. agenda, and uh, hopefully I can uh, I, I can live up to the billing um, after uh, you did I such will. a great job here today I as well. Do. So everybody, uh, thank you so much for for joining us tonight. If you haven't hit the like button. If you do like this, give us a like, give us a subscription as well. I really appreciate that. I might be back again tomorrow myself with, with a podcast I've been working on, uh, just depending on if I get some time to put together, uh, to get, to put it together. Um and then we might drop on again at half past nine. As I say, I will be on over on the My United agenda on Friday night at half past eight. If you guys want to jump in there and uh I, and get involved in the comments with some my United fans, it might 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 cause a bit of bit a bit of controversy, it might be a bit of crack. And as always, we will be back with our team sheet tantrum on Sunday. As Well, I will be hungover on Sunday doing the team sheet tantrum. So, spoiler alert, my voice will be about nine octaves lower. I'm going in a stag on Saturday. So, um, I do apologize for nothing, specifically not in advance, anyway. So, uh, thank you so much, everybody, for watching. Thanks for listening. Thanks again to Paddy. You can find him um, at the Man United agenda. Paddy, what's your Twitter handle as well? I, I, uh, well, is
2: Admiral MUFC with Patrick Silk 11. Um, Admiral, as you remember, it's my it's my favorite brand. So, yeah,
1: <laughs> that. Excellent, excellent. So, if you do want any no nonsense Manchester United uh, in info and, and commentary, Patty's the man to go to. But thanks very much, everybody, for spending the night with us. We'll see you again very, very soon. Stay safe, stay healthy, and all that's left to say is up the villa. Podcast Network.